It's time for The Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's The Car Doctor, John Paul on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Austin. And yes, I'm still on vacation, in case you were wondering. Um, I haven't done a lot on vacation, but, you know, I still am on vacation. And sorry about the late start here this morning. We had a little uh, operational problem. The computer computerized board didn't want to be uncomputerized, which is why, I guess, in the same vein... Mercedes-Benz had an ad for the redesigned 2017 E-Class last week, and they pulled the ad because uh, consumer and safety advocates called the spot misleading in its uh, depiction of the vehicle's driver assist systems and urged the Federal Trade Commission to investigate. Um, So it's an automated system that maybe isn't quite as good as it should be. And I read a good article this week about these types of um, autonomous drive vehicles. And in fact, earlier in the week, I got a call from a state rep and they're looking to see whether they need to legislate some sort of self-driving regulation in Massachusetts. And... I said, you know, I just talked to him about it. I, I don't think I really came up with a lot of conclusions. But I did say to him, you know, when you look at all of these things, uh, I said, it, you know, when you're done with it all, uh, you don't want to be the state that hampers autonomous vehicles because the idea of a vehicle that drives itself might have some real positive safety implications in the future. Things like... Um, maybe you were at a restaurant and you had too much to drink. Well, you set your car to bring you home and it brings you home and it, you get home safely. Or you don't drive it at night as well as you used to. Or you're not able to really drive at all anymore. And wouldn't it be nice if your car could drive you? So you hate to really legislate it and make it so difficult that you've stopped the innovation of self-driving vehicles. Um I, I don't know that I have a real position on it other than I think the public needs to be educated about what self-driving vehicles are capable of. In fact, this week, I've been driving the all-new 2017 Hyundai Elantra. And the Hyundai Elantra is, you know, sort of a Toyota Corolla-sized car. And it actually has some version because it has this happens to have the technology package in it which um, has the high-intensity discharge headlights, automatic emergency braking with pedestrian detection, smart cruise control, lane-keeping assistant. And uh, so you add all these things in, and it actually does, to some extent, sort of drive the car. It keeps a safe distance between you and the cars in front of you when the cruise control's on. If you, for some reason, take your hands off the wheel and the car starts to drift, it actually controls the car and brings it back to where it started. So it actually does move the car back and forth. After about, 
I would say three or four seconds of not driving the car, a warning comes up on the dash that says, you know, you need to put your hands on the steering wheel. But this vehicle has some level of vehicle autonomy. And the same as the Honda Accord that I drove about a week ago, it was uh, very similar. This um, 2017 Hyundai Elantra, it has a 28-mile-per-gallon city EPA rating, 37-mile-per-gallon highway. I haven't driven it a lot on the highway, although I did go to Boston with it uh, the other night. And I think it was averaging overall city highway. I think it was around 35 miles per gallon. So it was actually getting really good fuel economy. Uh, The government says you'll spend about $1,150 a year to put gas in it for typical drivers. Uh, This one also has uh, the two-liter engine. There's actually an eco engine, which is a little bit smaller, but the two-liter 147 horsepower uh, engine, it develops 132 foot-pounds of torque, and it uses a six-speed automatic transmission. The Eco One uses a dual-clutch transmission, so it has um, so this has an actual transmission with gears in it. It does have a drive-select mode, so normal, Eco, and Sport. I didn't notice a lot of difference um, between Eco and normal on this car. It seemed to behave similarly. Um, maybe the throttle wasn't quite as responsive. I didn't notice any real change in the way the car performed. Uh, maybe a little bit here and there, but not not uh, not a huge amount. It does have um, 17-inch alloy wheels, daytime running lights, um, a lot of a lot of nice accessories in the car. And of course, I remember when these cars were relatively cheap, but now the prices have gone up and up. Uh, this one, with all of its features, uh, it has a base price of $22,350. We added a bunch of technology to this, so uh, $1,900 for the ultimate package on top of the $2,500 tech package, which included navigation, uh, Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, an Infinity Premium Audio System with eight speakers, uh, it also had Clarify uh, music restoration technology. I'm not even sure what that is, but I know it keeps things from breaking up a little bit. Uh, and this one also had um, the trial offer of uh, Sirius XM radio in it. So a very well-equipped car, but total, including freight and delivery and handling and all that, $27,710. It feels like a very nice car when you drive it. It feels solid. It handles pretty well, although all of this electronic steering, electric power steering, kind of takes away some of the feel that you like. It feels a little vague when you go to drive it, Um, maybe a little too artificial, like it's trying to add some steering weight at times, so it feels a little heavier than it should. Other times it feels a little lighter than it should. Other times when it's uh, in its lane-keeping mode, it feels a little vague, um, but I think that's just a design of all of these electronics that are in the car. I don't know that I would have paid the extra money for the uh, lane-keeping assistant and all of that, although, you know, time will tell. Uh, The emergency braking system uh, has a few false warnings with it, too. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and let's see if the phones work this morning. 
John, is that you? Hello? Hello? It's John Diamond. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? How is your vacation going? I know you love the heat. Well, you know, it is hot. No question about that. I know the time is precious, but I was sort of wondering if you could expand a little bit on this top-tier gas thing. I most certainly will. I'm almost a top-tier expert. Well, wonderful. All right. Well, top-tier top tier gasoline is gasoline that has a certain level of additives in it. Back in the 1980s, I guess, the federal government said all gasoline needs to have a certain level of additives in it to help eliminate carbon buildup, help keep fuel injectors clean, fuel systems clean, and just keep the engine clean. Well, what happened was that minimum standard, in some cases, isn't enough. And some cars, especially direct injection cars, which a lot of cars today are going to direct fuel injection. So to kind of explain that a little bit, when cars had carburetors, you opened up the carburetor, the throttle opened up, gasoline sprayed into the intake manifold, made its way down through the intake manifold into the intake valves, and the spark plug lit the gas on fire. Then there was fuel injection. And there was different kinds of fuel injection, but basically fuel injection, the fuel injector was uh, drilled into the manifold right on top of the intake valve. So when the valve opened at that precise moment, gasoline would be sprayed into the, uh, sprayed into the engine. And when that happened, if the gasoline would actually sometimes coat the intake valve, and it would coat the intake valve in such a way that in some cases it would get so bad the valves wouldn't close afterwards. So the, the valves were so carboned up, the valves wouldn't close. So what some manufacturers had to do, uh, General Motors and BMW in particular, I, I remember, they actually would take the intake manifold off and they would actually sandblast the valves with walnut shells. So they would use walnut shells and a special sandblaster. It would sandblast the valves and that would get the valves nice and clean again. And any excess walnut shells would just get burnt up in combustion, so it wouldn't be that big a deal. So that was sort of how the essence of why gasoline needed to be clean. Then what the vehicle manufacturers said, eh, we're still having some problems here and there. Some manufacturers don't care. Ford, for instance, says we don't care what kind of gas you use. Other manufacturers... Uh, BMW, Mercedes, some General Motors cars, and so forth, they say, well, we want you to use top-tier gasoline. And top-tier gasoline has a higher level of additives in it. And the additive is measured in such a way that it's not measured in so much the percent of the additive. It's more measured in the idea that the... When when they disassemble the engine, how clean the engine is. So depending on what kind of additive they use, they're not concerned about the percentage of the additive. They're more concerned about how well it works. And that additive has to be made available in all grades of gasoline. So top-tier gas isn't just for premium. Top-tier gas is 
for regular, mid-grade, and premium. So it has to be in all the, all the categories. So when the truck goes to the fuel station and fills up, the driver actually is in charge of adding the additive package. So that tanker load of gasoline that starts off as a base gas and becomes shell actually has the additive in it. So I always used to say, Gas is gas. There was no difference in gasoline. Basically, it was all the same. What I will say, though, is some gasoline would not so much have a difference in the quality of gasoline, but octane can be a little bit different sometimes, too, because what happens is the gasoline, the way the way it worked... You could have gasoline that, when they measure the octane rating, there's two methods. One is called the motor method, where they actually put gasoline in a little engine, and it, the engine's registered in such a way that it looks for knock and ping. And then there's the uh, laboratory method. So what can happen sometimes is the octane rating and, and the gas at the gas pump is an average of those two methods. So the gas at the gas pump, if that gasoline has a high um, research method, the laboratory method, and a low motor method, they average together and it comes out 87. But in reality, some cars may not be as compatible with that. So I used to say gas is gas sometimes because octane can be a little bit different. But what I really found out was there is a difference because AAA did a big study about uh, top-tier gasoline, and we found out that there is a difference in gasoline, and there's a website called toptiergas.com, I think, and you can go to a list all the different brands. And when I first looked into this seven or eight years ago, I was convinced that top-tier gasoline was nothing more than a marketing plan. You know, it was like these car manufacturers got together with these gasoline companies and said, you need to use this kind of gas, and everybody, the car manufacturers benefited, the gasoline manufacturers benefited. But after doing some uh, research and then looking at the AAA research, there really is a difference. And top-tier gasoline will help keep your engine cleaner. It'll also, if you've not been using the best gasoline possible, running a few tankfuls of top-tier gasoline actually help clear some of the deposits off the intake valves. So it keeps the intake valves cleaner, keeps the combustion chamber cleaner, keeps the fuel injectors cleaner, so it's just better gas. Do you have to use it all the time? No. Do you, do you want to pay extra for it? Maybe. I still tend to shop for convenience and price. Convenience first, I think, and I won't pay ridiculously more than the average gas price of gasoline, but if it's there's gasoline on the right, uh, gas station on the right-hand side of the street and one on the left-hand side of the street, and it's easier to get into the one on the right-hand side of the street, and I'm low on gas, I'll tend to go there. Just, that's me. But will I try to search out the Shell and the Mobile and uh, some of the others that are top-tier gas? Not really. Um, but if they're there and they're convenient, I'll, I'll go with top-tier gas. So... That's about as much as I know about top-tier gasoline. Well, in a mouthful, you've certainly said a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
Could you possibly name a few of the brands that have it besides Bobo and Scheller? Um, let me let me look it up. When we take a commercial break, I'll look it up and then I'll read all of them off to you. Thank you very much. Okay. Sir. All right. Take care, John. Okay. Bye. 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 Ford Motor Company is recalling some cars. They're recalling uh, 830,000 vehicles for a possible latch malfunction. Uh, Ford said it's recalling nearly 830,000 vehicles, including Escapes, Focuses, and Mustangs, because the doors may not latch properly and could open while driving. And it isn't in every state. It's warm weather states, but that also means that cars that were purchased in warm weather states that ended up up here could be also part of it. But here's what it comes down to. The action uh, is to bring the total number of vehicles Ford has recalled uh, to about 2 million. They'll offer a one-time replacement of door latches in vehicles not covered by the recall. The latest recall is connected to one reported incident and one reported injury. Ford said it now covers 2013 to 15 Escape Focus C-Max, 14 to 16 Transit Connect, in the Lincoln MKC, but only in states with higher ambient temperatures and solar loading, which is goofy. Uh, Ford said the solar loading refers to the increase in the vehicle's interior temperature. And just the idea that the door latch is that sensitive to heat. In the newly recalled vehicles, Ford said the spring inside the door latch tab could break, either preventing the door from latching or causing it to unlatch while driving. Ford is instructing dealerships to replace the side door latches. So I guess if you own a 2013 to 15 Ford Escape Focus C-Max, it may or may not be recalled. It says here that the states where the recall exists are Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Louisiana, Mississippi, New Mexico, Nevada, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Utah, and Washington. And also some cars in Mexico. But the point is, even though we're not in any of those states, did you just buy a really clean Ford Escape or Focus from Florida that came up from an auction in Florida? Well, your car may, in fact, be recalled. So go to the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety website, and you can actually put in your vehicle identification number, and it'll tell you whether your specific vehicle, not just a range of vehicles, but your specific vehicle has a recall or has a recall that needs to be taken care of or one that is, uh, you know, it'll tell you whether you're really up to date. Our phone number again, 617-770-3030. Uh, let's take another call. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Oh, oh, they went away. Why don't we take a break and I'll look up top tier gasoline. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? 
Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Roxbury Latin School, Belmont Hill School, Dexter Southfield, Boston Latin School. Behind me is a partial list of top quality schools in our area, and all of these schools, all of them, are made even better by graduates of South Boston Catholic Academy. South Boston Catholic Academy is a special place where a faith-based education thrives, where vibrant learning and academic excellence are the norm. High student expectations, enviable teacher qualifications, strong 21st century technology, and Boston is our extended classroom. At South Boston Catholic Academy, our Catholic faith is a key component of our understanding of optimal child development. Our emphasis is on creating moral citizens, building community, embracing the idea of service to others, and developing Developing leadership skills. Father Robert Casey and Principal Nancy Carr work closely to ensure that all faiths feel welcome for the absolute best for your child. Learn much more at sbcatholicacademy.org. The Massachusetts State Police Boxing Team presents The Battle at the Bay, Friday, September 16th at 7 p.m. at the Marina Bay Sportsplex, 260 Victory Road in Quincy. In the main event, it's the England Fire and Rescue Authority versus the Massachusetts State Police Boxing Team. Also featuring the Mass Corrections Federated Union, the New York Firefighters, Boston PD Boxing, and the Denver City Brotherhood. Plus, enter a raffle to win one of three Harley-Davidson motorcycles. The number one event of the entire summer is going down Friday, September 16th at 7 p.m. at the Marina Bay Sportsplex, 260 Victory Road in Quincy, Mass. Tickets available online at mspboxingteam.com and at the door on the night of the event. All proceeds will go to support the Trooper Clarity Family Fund. Don't miss it. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Iron and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL. And you may have been listening on our business station as well on Sunday nights. Uh, I had a little bit of homework to do. Top tier gasoline, the licensed retail brands, some of which I've never heard of. 76, Aloha Petroleum. I'm guessing that's in Hawaii. Uh, Amico, Arco, Beacon, BP, Break Time. Cenex, C-E-N-E-X, Chevron, Sitco, Conoco, Co-op, 
Costco, Country Mark, Country Mark Plus, Diamond Shamrock, Entech, uh, Esso. When was the last time you saw an Esso station? Express, Exxon, Holiday, Quick Star Stores, Quick Trip, Mahalo. All they're big into top tier in Hawaii, I guess. Uh, MFA Mobile, Ohana Fuels again, big in Hawaii. Uh, Petro Canada, Phillips sixty six, Puma, QT, Quick Trip, which I've seen head heading out west. Road Ranger, Shamrock, Shell, Shell V Power, which is a separate station, I guess. Shell V Power Nitro. Everything's got nitro in it these days. Sinclair, Standard, Super America, Super Fuels, Tempo, Texaco, Tripar, and Valero. So those are currently the retail brands, and that's at toptiergas.com. And they also fully explain the whole thing, why top tier, uh, which vehicle manufacturers uh, have recommend it, and deposit control and so forth. So it's all it's all explained on toptiergas.com. The other little bit of homework I had to do was for Rick. Uh, Rick called in last week and said, so what's the deal with these detour signs in Pennsylvania? They're black, blue, green. Well, according to PennDOT, so the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, they say it's a question more and more drivers seem to be asking. What do those signs that say red detour, black detour, blue detour, green detour mean? And they're saying the answer is simple. That's it, where it's, when the government says it's simple, it, it doesn't always work that way. The signs have been put up to help direct traffic around a crash or other emergency that might close the interstate. PennDOT has completed an installation of the color detour signs along the most heavily traveled sections of the interstate in northern Pennsylvania. The color detour signs permanently mark detour routes that are able to accommodate larger trucks that normally travel in the interstates. The routes were predetermined by PennDOT, state police, and other emergency responders. Black and blue detours generally run northbound. Red and green detours generally run southbound. But they put that word generally in there. Pendant engineer uh, Bob Kretschmer says the detours are designed to take traffic around any emergency that might block the interstate. In the case uh, uh, such emergency interstate traffic will be advised to follow the red, black, blue, or green door detour. So then you need another sign that tells you what sign to follow. Drivers will be notified of the detour uh, is in effect in several ways. Before each color detour, uh, there is a special sign that is normally folded over. So they have to unfold the sign that says follow the red or green or black or whatever it is. And they're also doing electronic message signs along the interstates as well. And the idea of the color detour signs was to quickly direct traffic off the interstate in times of an emergency. So that's why... Penn, Pennsylvania has colored detour signs. Our phone number again, 617-770-3030. Let's take another call. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Hi. Uh, uh, John Paul. I just, uh, it's funny, the, I hear an echo here, so I'll just ignore that. The, just ignore uh, it. 
drove from here to Pittsburgh and back. So I uh, I saw those. Yeah, it's a long drive. Um, the red dot signs and the, the part of the problem. Yeah, they're not explained and they are. Uh, they're really a distraction. They're a, yeah. In a sense, too many signs on the highway. The the federal highways have certain signs, and the state highway, which means it's like 128 and 93 or 95. There are um, too many signs that tend to be con- confusing. But the red dot signs were I I traveled across uh, Route 80, all the way across uh, yeah uh, Pennsylvania. I think uh, you know you, you're sort of uh, looking at at the Alleghenies rather than the signs anyway. And the um, the uh, it's it's I guess major truck route because it goes right into Ohio, um, but uh, but they're all all through the uh, uh, the major routes. I didn't take the the turnpike. I took the uh, 84 and uh, other roads to get yeah. which which is part of part of my reason for calling today. Uh, has AAA ever thought of putting out uh, a travel app for an iPhone? Um, I had Google Maps and uh, MapQuest, and I had your trip ticks, but it would be good to uh, have a AAA app that I could uh, I could use as well. Well, we have an app you do. That's, that's okay, and we just started to pilot test a brand new app, and in fact, I was one of the 300 volunteers at work that tried it, and it's pretty good. But it still needs a little bit of work, so it still it kind of went back. It went back to engineering to have them look at it, and it's being done in conjunction with two or three of the biggest AAA clubs in the country. We're one of them. California's another one, and I think the club that's headquartered in Michigan is the third one. And they're even talking about using some other partners now. For instance, like Waves or Google Maps or something like that to even try to fortify it a little bit more but they want to make it real easy to do things not even just travel not even just the idea that well you can you know use it as a map just like you would google maps but you can also make your hotel reservations you can do everything really really simply and say your car is not running right you can very quickly and easily find an approved repair garage and what will happen is the map or the app will actually know where you are, and it can locate, say you're out in Pennsylvania, and it'll, the app will locate where you are, and then it will also um, find within a few-mile radius of where you are a AAA-approved repair facility right in that area. So you can go to some place that you know if you have a problem, AAA is always there to help you out. So it has a lot of... Uh, it has a lot of features, and it was just, it had a couple little things that weren't quite ready yet, but it's definitely in the works, AAA, uh, through the uh, these three or four big clubs in the national office are really working at making their app way better than it is now. And what we have now is okay, um, but I think for maps and things, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Google Maps on my phone. Uh, it seems to work really well, better than the Apple Maps. Um, I have, you know, you can't. I don't think you can even take the Apple Maps off your iPhone. And in fact, Google for a while, um, 
Apple kicked Google off their iPhone, but they had to put them back on. The Google Maps, I think, are really good. A lot of people use this new app called Waze, and what it is, it's a um, it's a mapping system. But it also, if there's a problem, it suggests detours, and a lot of people like that. I I put it on my phone twice, and I've taken it off my phone twice. I find that it runs too much in the background, and it sucks up too much battery life. But a lot of people like Waves. They, they're very happy with it. Um, my phone's a couple years old, so I think the battery's maybe just not as strong as it used to be. But it's one of those things that um, I, I'm, I'm happy with the Google Maps, but I think AAA is looking at Google as a benchmark and saying, we want our new mobile app to be mapping-wise better than Google. And that's, that's where the problem is. They're, they, they're working on that still. Is it, are they audible? Are they all yeah, audible? yeah. I was driving by myself, so it's it's uh, difficult and a distraction to look over. Um, yeah. The other thing about uh, I was going to family members, and uh, they totally disagreed with the uh, the way the AAA maps that they had me going the Penn Turnpike, uh, but they said, "Oh, you're going to go this way." So I was trying to reprogram uh, at least from Google Maps uh, in in a new way. So perhaps even in the old system. When uh, when you go to uh, AAA office, do you have to suggest an alternative route than the standard route? Yeah, I'm. I mean, that's one of the things that's good about a triptych. You can say to the person, "Hey, you know, I want to avoid, you know, the Tappan Zee Bridge. I want to avoid the George Washington Bridge." And the idea to be able to do that on a computer, whether it's a iPhone or or even a, even a navigation system. Uh, like I have, I think I have two little navigation units. I think one's a TomTom Tom that's probably 12 years old, and one's a Garmin that's probably five years old now. And, yeah, there's times where I just want to avoid, you know, going through Boston, for instance, driving from the South Shore and say, well, I want to go 128. And, fortunately, I know that I want to go 128, so I just, I just ignore the navigation unit for the – have first half hour well it's telling me to take u-turns and get back on the route um yeah to be able to do that easily that's one of the things they want to try to do too good uh, things real quickly uh the um, major trucks the 18 wheelers i thought were really respectful of us in small cars driving uh, driving across route 80 that's good to hear um they they pull i don't know if they were playing games they pull over and let you buy and about 10 miles later, they'd whiz by you, you know, get in front of you again. Hmm. So, uh, but other than that, they, uh, they they weren't playing any games. And the other thing that was really surprising, they were there were uh, four guys on Harley Davidsons who, who were traveling with me for about 70 miles. And there's no helmet law, apparently, in uh, Pennsylvania. It's optional. Hmm. So these guys are going 70 miles an hour, which is a speed limit, and no helmets. But if someone said it didn't matter if you, you know, you had an accident on a motorcycle at 70 miles an hour, helmet's not going to help too much. But it, it was a little distracting. Yeah, it can't, you know, I, the one thing I'll say about that is it can't hurt. So, you know, so wearing a, hel- wearing a helmet at 70 miles an hour, if you came off the bike, you know, maybe, maybe the helmet would help. And I'd rather have it than not have it. Yeah, but I can't imagine yeah. doing that. It's pretty foolhardy. But, yeah, uh, but, you know, people have done that for years, and it, it's funny, in Rhode Island, 
when I first started to work down there, I didn't. They, there's no helmet law in Rhode Island, mm -hmm. except for the passenger. So the passenger needs to wear a helmet, but the driver doesn't. And and which sounds even goofier to me. I still don't, I still don't understand that. And if you have your learner's permit, you need to wear a helmet. So they obviously see the importance of wearing a helmet. But I guess the motorcycle lobby said, you know, the motorcycle lobby wants helmets optional in both Massachusetts and you know all states. So um, you know, every I think every year the motorcycle people file a law to try to repeal the helmet law. Um, I think I think a helmet's a pretty good idea. Right? Years and years ago, this was probably thirty years ago. I fell off a motorcycle doing about hmm, probably forty-five or fifty miles an hour, and you know, slid on my side, my back, and the helmet was pretty ground up from grinding into the ground, and that could have been my head. Could have been your head. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, it, uh, I hope nothing happened to these guys. Probably going to Ohio or places beyond. But uh, yeah, uh, one time the bulb about gasoline, the prices were pretty reasonable. Uh, uh, driving from here to Pennsylvania, the best the best prices were there's a huge uh, truck stop gas station called uh, Point Juris. Okay, know, right on the New York New Jersey line, uh, Pennsylvania line, and gas was two oh two a gallon. So that wasn't too bad. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, but I the only the only thing I know about Point Jervis or whatever that is, is I've been to a diner there that was legendary in the type of food that they had, the size of food they had, and the kind of smoothies that they served. Wow. Yeah. That uh, John White, you know, the, you know, four, four people ago, the auto writer at the Boston Globe, right. he's the one who found the place. And, uh, and when, you know, uh, once a year or so we'd drive out to Pennsylvania for an automotive event and he always, we had always stop at this place. So I, so. I just for gas. I didn't want to waste yeah. But I imagine, yeah, down the road a piece, I can see, I think there are a lot of signs. Yeah. Restaurants and the diner. So it's probably right off uh, the major highway, but uh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and I just use regular gas and see if I get good mileage. Yeah. So, no, um, no. 87. Uh, okay, so I put eighty-seven octane in both the cars that we own, and if I have a test car that requires premium, then I put premium in. I kind of follow I follow the directions on the gas cap or gas door. You know, if it says do this or do that, that's what I'll use. But I'm, I'm yeah, you know, one of the reasons the the last car we bought, uh, one of the determining factors for my wife was it took regular gas. So that sounds good. Yeah. All right, take care, dots, Paul. The red dots in Pennsylvania are there, and uh, really meaningless to most of us who just so you know yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. All right, take care. Thank you very much. Have a good Yep, bye-bye. I think we have Rick on the phone. Rick? Rick, is that you? Maybe not. Hello, Rick. Yeah, well, maybe Rick went away. Anyway, I hope I answered Rick's question about the, the different color detour signs, so... I thought this was sort of interesting. There's a big automotive group called Sonic Automotive. They'll launch an online sales initiative called Sonic Digital One Stop. This will allow consumers to shop for a vehicle, get a trade-in trade appraisal, and, comp and complete the purchase online without setting foot in a dealership. A Sonic employee will deliver the car to the consumer possibly as soon as the same day. 
a large part of our customer base will still want to come into the dealership and put their hands on the car, says their vice chairman, David Smith. But with smartphones and other technology, the ability to view a car online is so good and the quality of the vehicle is so good that fewer people have the need to test drive it. Sonic, which developed the Sonic Digital One Stop about six months ago, plans to launch it. I don't know. I still think, I don't know how many people just want to buy a car like they buy something on Amazon. The other thing is, I think if you're doing that, you actually kind of have to use the Amazon idea that if you don't like it, you get to send it back in seven days. Maybe the same thing with the car. Let's try Rick again. Rick, you there? Yes, sir. There you go. Yes, sir. How can we help you? Okay. I called you a couple weeks ago about my uh, 2000. Uh, 15 Scion XP. Yep. Yeah. Um, taking it back to the dealer, the district manager is taking it for a ride. And um, I got one mechanic said it wasn't normal. And now the district district manager says um, it is normal for these cars to knock and ping at like 16,000. I just want your opinion on that. Uh, I think that's nonsense. Yeah. I I don't think cars are supposed to knock and ping. I have taken it to a second dealership for a second opinion, and they're telling me to use uh, high octane for two weeks. And if it still doesn't, I got to bring it back so they can diagnose and uh, test it. Yeah. Now that you know, I'll I'll buy that idea that if you put premium gasoline in, yes, um, and it does clean up the engine a little bit, then if it goes away, well okay but if you're but you're not buying a scion to put premium gas in it you're buying a scion to put 87 octane gas in it correct yes. yeah so i'm you know i i don't i don't go with the idea that you know when they get sixteen thousand miles on them all of a sudden they start to ping yeah that's stupid correct. yeah yeah I think no especially me, a uh, new car that's oh, under warranty yeah make it Right. run and perform like it used to now i will say that back years ago one of the four-cylinder toyotas they did away with a time and chain and they used this weird gear arrangement and over time the gears would get a little bit noisy okay. and that was normal because yeah. it was normal wear and tear but All if right. they're saying that it's pinging and knocking because of combustion, that's not normal. Yeah. That's something's yeah. wrong. And they said they can't mess with the timing because it's against government regulations these days because the emissions are up. Well, I mean, they can still make sure the timing's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, right. and I, don't, I wouldn't even recommend that because, say, for instance, cars will ping when the timing's advanced too far. Okay. Well, if the fix is to retard the timing, to set it, closer to top dead center so it doesn't ping well that takes away engine performance that doesn't make sense either yeah yeah no uh, you know do what do what they said run premium or add a or even add an additive um like a uh you know tecron or something like that okay and see if it goes away and then go back to regular gas again Right. Because it's going to take a while to get the premium out of the tank. Okay. So, but, so, you know, you don't want to say, oh, it's fixed because there's still a quarter of a tank of premium and three quarters of a tank of regular. And now you've made like, you know, 89 octane. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So run a couple of tanks of premium through it, like they said. Just follow their advice. And then run a couple of tanks of regular through it. And then when it starts knocking and pinging again, bring it back and say, you know, there's something still wrong. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll keep you up to date, sir. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care, Rick. Yep. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We are able to take some phone calls. So we are able to do a few things. I... I cut a couple things out of the paper this week, but I also, back a couple months ago, I gave away some super glue stuff called Q-Bond. And what it is, it's basically super glue with two powders that mix with it. One of them is for plastic, one of them's for metal. And I have a little microphone stand that holds my microphone. What's what microphone stands do. But this one has three little legs on the bottom of it. And when I put it down last week somewhere, I wasn't careful, and it broke. So, And it actually broke the plastic that holds the leg in place. So there was, looked at it, and I said, well, I need to go buy a new one. And I couldn't find one. But I could find the Q-Bond. So I stuck the leg back where it belonged, put the powder in, poured the glue on top of it, let it set up for a minute. And seems to be working. Seems to be holding together. So the coupon stuff did something that like a super glue couldn't do. Our phone number again, 617-770-3030. And just in case you're, we're always wondering about a Jeep pickup truck, it looks like one is finally coming. A Jeep Wrangler pickup, after years of uh, wondering whether we're going to do it, Jeep is finally doing a Wrangler-based pickup truck. It'll most likely be based on the next-generation Wrangler Unlimited chassis, stretch even further to get the proportions right. So it's a little bit bigger than a four-door Wrangler. Um, and it looks, I mean, the, the concept car they showed actually has a cloth roof with a short bed on the back of it. Uh, it said, however, don't count on a convertible quite yet. Um, it will likely use the same engine tra- and transmission as the next-generation Wrangler. Possibly an updated 3.6 liter V6 with an 8-speed automatic. Um, probably 2018 or so, maybe. Let's talk to Harry. Harry. Hi, good morning. A um, couple of things I want to ask you about. One, um, we have two cars. One we lease and one, um, you know, is an old one. Yep. Uh, and uh, about oil changes, because we're juggling the two cars, we don't want to put too many miles on the lease car. We go back and forth. Um the oil changes, you know, when I was a kid, uh, they used to say uh, 3,000 miles or three months. Is the time element still important? It's still important. It's still important. Now, what what kind of car is it? It's uh, a 2005 Lexus 330, ES 330. Yeah, even if you don't drive it much, I'd still change the oil probably twice a year. Okay. Yeah. And, and let me ask you, so and if I did it, Three times a year, I'm really doing, I mean, I'm really babying it, right? Or- yeah, yeah. If you did it three times a year, you're only going to hurt your pocketbook. Okay. You're not going to hurt the car. You can always do it too often. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, some people go, you know, much longer sometimes. But, you know, just as far as what 
Lexus or Toyota says for preventative maintenance, I'm without looking it up, I would say it's probably you know, they probably want you to do it oh I would I would I would say I would say twice a year as a minimum and let's take a look here. Okay. Um looking it up, uh no, it looks it looks like uh let's see, normal service table. Let's see. And you know what what they say for oil changes is um uh, five thousand miles or twice a year. So yeah, I would do it. I would do it that. You know, and if like you said, if you want to do it three times a year, that's fine. Yeah. And let me ask you about gasoline. I got an article recently on Consumer Reports and they talked about top gear gas yep. versus the other gas. And, uh, you know, the, the, the big-name companies, of course, are the top tier, as well as, as, well as Costco. Uh, but uh, I, I used to think that, you know, it was all out of the same bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I guess uh, there's differences in additives. So you, you're probably going to keep your engine cleaner if you use the really... Right, yeah, we were actually talking about this first thing. Um, yeah, top-tier gasoline has a different additive package in it in all across the grade, so 87 to 93. And what it does is it will keep the engine cleaner. So if you're using Shell or Citgo or Mobile, your engine will be a little bit cleaner than not using one of those. Is it mandatory? Mm, Probably not. But is it a good idea? Yeah, it can't hurt. Yeah, and if you, we like to keep the cars as long as possible. Right. So I guess it would Yeah, really and the one thing, the one thing that um, you can do with top tier gasoline is, if you don't use it all the time, it's not that big a deal because it will help clean any built up deposits once you start using it again. So it does have a kind of a repair type effect to help keep the engine clean. But if you talk to the engineers at Ford, they'll say. We don't care what kind of gas you put in a car. Run whatever you want. Hmm. It, re- yeah, it really surprised me that Sunoco, which is such a big company and is American fuel, you know, for, yep. for, uh, found in the ground here, that uh, they weren't top here. That's the one yeah, that's and it's kind of funny. Years ago, when Mobile, you know, back in the 80s, when Mobile talked about how good their gasoline was, and Sunoco didn't, Sunoco gasoline actually tested better than Mobile did. Uh-huh. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's still, you know, still the case. You know, and, you know, there there are places that, you know, you look at it and you're like, you're right. You said, doesn't all gasoline come from the same bowl? It sort of does, but it's the additives that get put in at the freight terminal that it, it determine determine what it is. So if you talk to a if you ever have the opportunity to talk to a guy driving a gas truck, they actually um, punch in when they you know what they do for additives when they when they put into the gas. So uh, so depending on the distributor, it they could be delivering top tier gas one day and something else the next day. And and like I said to John at the beginning of the program, will I go way out of my way to find top tier gas? No. But if it's convenient and it's about the same price, I'll use it. Uh-huh. And it's probably worth, uh, on at least on occasion, paying a little extra price. Yes, yeah, uh, generally it's about two to three cents more a gallon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. Take, take care. care. Bye bye now. Six one seven seven seventy thirty. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Well, 
I guess it was bound to happen. Um, everybody knows the uh, the Bandit car, right? Smoking the Bandit. Well, Trans Am Worldwide. It's and this is an article. I just cut the picture out, and it says "World in Transition." And it says the Camaro's stout performance and classic style sometimes sparked nostalgia for its lamented Pontiac twin. So a Camaro has been reskinned uh, to sort of look like a 77 to 78 Trans Am, complete with the uh, Screaming Eagle on the hood, shaker hood scoops, optional T-tops. Design work was done on a Alpha Platform Trans Am is well underway and will offer two styling options, a 1969 or the Bandit era look. So you can have a Camaro that looks like a 69 Firebird or a Camaro that looks like a um, Smokey and the Bandit car. And it says um, each of the will offer the SLP engine upgrades of the LT1 V8 engine, likely mirroring stages of uh, root supercharger tune available. So it's going to be a pretty hot rod car up to 700 horsepower. The idea of the Pontiac, Pontiacifying Camaros or you know, or even making things look like, you know, Plymouth Challengers and so forth. They say it's just, um, just makes a kind of interesting cars. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I, I see the, uh, drawings they did of the car and it's pretty interesting. And I guess it does look a little like, uh, well, it does look a lot like a Trans Am, I guess, um, a little bit modern version of it. I just can't imagine people spending, $70,000 for a Camaro that looks like a Trans Am. But people buy Corvettes that look like old Corvettes and, you know, all kinds of different things. So our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. I was looking at some of the uh, little gadgets that people think you should keep in your car. And... They have things like a, a, a radar laser detector by Escort, a ticket protection app for your phone, um, a portable jump pack from Cobra. Um, we have given a couple of these away, different portable jump packs away, and I have one in both cars and had to use, or somebody had to use one once. I'm still a little up in the air about them because we did some informal testing at work, and we showed that one of the apps, uh, one of the apps, one of the charge packs, when it was really abused, now this is really abusing it, jump-starting it, doing things over and over and over again, really, really dead battery, poor battery connections, we actually got it to damage the test car we were using. We have an old uh, Ford Ranger pickup truck that we use for uh, testing purposes and, you know, towing school and things like that. And we, after beating the daylights out of it, the speedometer started to move by itself. So it did something to it. So the, uh, but they're, they're pretty amazing. The idea that you can carry this thing that's, that's, you know, two inches by four inches by six inches, and it actually jumpstarts your car is pretty fascinating. And, and the first one, the first one that we ever did was a, a, a small little one that was actually, uh, 
put together a little gift box. And that one wasn't really designed to, to start bigger engines. It was designed to start like four cylinders and small six cylinder engines. And now they have them that can, you know, put on enough power to start a V8 that needs help. So let's go back to the calls. Good morning and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Hey, John. How are you? Okay. Hello. 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 I can uh, hear you. You can hear me? I can. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Uh, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm getting feedback on this one. Oh, well, just try to ignore it. Okay, I'll try. Uh, I'm just getting feedback. I just wonder if you got those um, detours. Oh, you weren't listening. Yes, yes, the color detour signs are designed to make your life easier traveling through Pennsylvania. Oh, great. Yeah, by confusing you. <laughs> I was just wondering what the red and the blue and the... the it, it generally means the detours are north and south, and they are... And what happens are, is... If they need to send you on a detour, there's either a sign ahead of the detour that's folded up that says follow the red detour, follow the green detour, whatever it is, or else there's an electric message board that does the same thing. And these are permanent detours that are designed to take mostly trucks, but cars too, off the interstate so you can so you can safely navigate around something has happened. So if there's a bad car crash on the interstate or something like that, it'll say follow the black detour, follow the green detour, follow the red detour. And what I read was it says generally the one set of colors runs north, one set of colors runs south, one set of colors runs east, one runs west. But what's interesting is the word generally they put in there. Generally, that's the case. But these are permanent detours permanently set up detours that are designed to move traffic off the interstate and it's mostly in northern pennsylvania uh-huh. and it was all set up it was all set up by pendot and what was kind of interesting about it was the article said it's it's designed to make your life easier and less confusing but when i read it all it did was made it more confusing <laughs> So like government at work. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. So there's the answer. So the, the the real answer is you only need to pay attention to them when they tell you to. Okay. And I'm going to actually use I'm going to use your question in one of my AAA columns, one of the road rules columns, because you brought it to my attention. I had to do some homework, so I learned something, and it'll be then I'll try to share it with the AAA audience. Okay. Great. Okay. And I'll take one of those battery packs. All right. <laughs> All right. Take care, Rick. Our phone number again, 617-770-3030. And we need to take a break. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. And if you want to give us a call, the phone number is 617-770-3030. We'll be right back.
spread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Roxbury Latin School, Belmont Hill School, Dexter Southfield, Boston Latin School. Behind me is a partial list of top quality schools in our area, and all of these schools, all of them, were made even better by graduates of South Boston Catholic Academy. South Boston Catholic Academy is a special place where a faith-based education thrives, where vibrant learning and academic excellence are the norm. High student expectations, enviable teacher qualifications, strong 21st century technology, and Boston is our extended classroom. At South Boston Catholic Academy, our Catholic faith is a key component of our understanding of optimal child development. Our emphasis is on creating moral citizens, building community, embracing the idea of service to others, and developing leadership skills. Father Robert Casey and Principal Nancy Carr work closely to ensure that all faiths feel welcome for the absolute best for your child. Learn much more at sbcatholicacademy.org. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-352-4757. 800-352-4757. That's 800-352-4757. Looking for incredible zip lining and climbing adventures in the treetops? Come on down to the ICC in Canton and visit Treetop Adventures, Greater Boston's number one zip line and aerial challenge park. There are 10 trails located up in the trees with over 15 zip lines and 100 plus aerial challenges. And they're designed to accommodate everyone from beginner to expert. Fun for everyone. Visit treetopcanton.com to book your treetop adventures today. That's treetopcanton.com. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to The Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. And if you're calling in and you're want to say hello that's great uh just keep in mind that you may hear a little bit of feedback on the phone on your end uh it's just a little issue that we're having in the studio and uh, i don't know we're working our way through it i guess uh let's take another call good morning you're on the car doctor program hello hello hi there hello hello go ahead um 
Is this for Albie? Yes. Oh, all right. I had a question about the uh, Mazda 3 SUV. Okay. Two questions. What kind of a, is it? Is it fairly decent? And yeah. Is it is it a safe car? My wife is after me to get a safe car. I think as far as small SUVs, it's a it's a car that. It's a nice car to drive. It is a car that um, I think does pretty well in the safety side. Yeah. It um, it gets pretty decent gas mileage. All yeah. the cars are pretty safe. This is this is Mazda's first kind of look into that sort of mini SUV category. Um, yeah. It's a it's a pretty nice car to drive. It uses a pretty peppy 146 horsepower engine. Uh, it's pretty well equipped inside, and I think compared to a Toyota Rav Four or a Honda HRV or one of the other you know mini utilities, I think this one handles better. But it also rides a little bit firmer, so you kind of need to make sure that you take it for a good long road test over some bad roads to make sure you're happy with the way it rides. Okay, but. It's one of the cars that uh, Consumer Reports, for instance, as I recall, they recommended. It's one of their recommended cars. So. Yeah, because it's free right now. Yeah. But, but they want me to get front-wheel drive, you know? All-wheel drive, I mean. Yeah, all-wheel drive. All-wheel drive is, uh, is definitely better in bad weather. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If you lived in if you lived in Florida, I tell you you didn't need it. But you no. know, if you have to go out in bad weather or you're you don't want to have to shovel every time it snows, yeah, all wheel yeah. drive will get you get you through the snow a little bit better. So I right. you know, I would prefer if I if I look at a small sport utility vehicle, I would prefer an all wheel drive one, even though there's a little bit of a gas mileage penalty, just the idea that it's gonna handle better in bad weather. It's just going to make it a better car to drive and going to make it a little bit safer. And you recommend it, right? Uh, yeah, the Mazda, the Mazda um, CX-3, I think, is a pretty nice little car. Yeah. All right. Okay. Nice. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's it's one of the smaller SUVs. It's, um, it's competitive like the Honda HRV, which is a smaller SUV. So it's in that sort of same category. Um, I would put them, I would probably put them pretty close to each other as far as, you know, comparing one one to the other. Uh, I'd probably give them both about the same score. Um, I think with the Honda over the Mazda, you might get a little bit better overall quality because Honda just makes really good stuff. But the Mazda, I think, is a, is a pretty good vehicle. And, and like I said, it's a, it has um, nicely done up interior, pretty comfortable seats, decent room, better handling, I think, than just about any smaller SUV. So I think the handling's there, again, but the ride might be a little firm for some people. But, you know, the firm ride, the firm ride is what makes it handle better, so... If you want better handling and you can sacrifice a little bit of a little bit of the firmness, well, that's okay too. So you can you can do that. Well, 
I forgot to do a car review a couple weeks ago, and I actually wrote it out. So uh, this would probably be a good time to do it. And that was in the all-new Mercedes CLA, which is a small Mercedes sedan. Uh, The CLA is the smallest sedan in the Mercedes-Benz line. Consider it sort of an entry-level luxury car. The CLA is available in three models, a uh, CLA 250, an all-wheel drive version, of the CLA 250 and a ridiculous high-performance AMG version. Our road test was in the front-wheel drive CLA. The CLA is considered a four-door coupe due to its aggressive sloping roofline, very similar to its bigger and more expensive stablemate, the CLS. The interior has a nice high-quality look and feel with pleasant accents throughout. The controls are generally easy to use, although my passengers were split on the folding tablet display screen mounted in the center of the dash. It sort of looks like you took an iPad and just kind of stuck it to the middle of the dash. Other people thought it looked very contemporary. Other people thought it looked like it was an afterthought. Mercedes-Benz did a nice job with the rotary controller knob mounted between the seat that allows easy navigation of the infotainment system. The shifter is a small stock mounted on the steering column that requires a bit of getting used to. And personally, I prefer a proper shifter mounted between the seats, or even an old-fashioned column shifter, I suppose. But these little toggle-style ones, I don't know. They take a little bit of getting used to. One of the things I did like about it was if you just shut the car off, it would automatically go into park most times, but not all the time. So it, I noticed when I was parked on a little bit of a hill, I could shut the key off, and it wouldn't go into park. It actually rolled backwards. So, again, a proper shifter makes you want to put the car back in park. Uh, it has plenty of cup holders and, and little cubbies to put things in. Visibility in the front and sides are very good, but there's some blind spots to the rear that can be an issue when passing slower vehicles. Safety is addressed with a full complement of airbags, backup camera, collision assist, so all that sort of stuff. The ride with the 17-inch run-flat tires is firm, but the handling is quite good. The overall body structure has a solid feel like all Mercedes-Benz vehicles. And even this contemporary... Uh, frameless windows so it's a four-door without window frames so it's kind of interesting looking but still when you close the door it still has that mercedes bank vault door slamming noise that everybody likes about mercedes-benz vehicles uh steering's pretty nice it's light enough at low speeds firms up at high speeds um performance from the two liter four-cylinder engine it develops 208 horsepower it's quite responsive uh, and it feels like it has more than 208 horsepower the seven-speed transmission seems nicely matched to the engine performance profile always finding the perfect gear merging onto the busy highway or passing slower moving truck is accomplished uh, without any fear the brakes are typical mercedes firm and powerful and my overall miles per gallon according to the trip computer was 28 and a half so pretty good fuel economy The bottom line is, if you're looking for an entry-level luxury car with Mercedes-Benz attention to detail and safety features with a contemporary style that you won't see from other automakers, the Mercedes-Benz CLA is one of your few choices. So it seats five. It does require premium fuel. Mile per gallon, 26 city, 38 highway is what they say. It'll cost you about $1,300 a year for fuel. Base price, $32,975. It has no spare tire uh, because they are run flats. It All it has is a thing to screw into the front bumper so you can tow it. 
Uh, you would shop it against an Audi A3, BMW 2 Series, maybe a Lexus IS, something like that. So, fairly inexpensive Mercedes. Our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Um, I saw something in the, uh, I guess online or something the other day about the Honda's idea. They're going back to knobs. I guess maybe it wasn't just me that was complaining about Honda's new touchscreen system, which is all touchscreen and no knobs is annoying. So they're going to at least put some basic knobs back into the vehicles again. So that was kind of a nice thing to see. So I was happy I was happy about that. Yeah. So um the other thing there was a couple of interesting things in the in the news yesterday and one of them was about an auction and it is a um an auction of a mini. So if you ever wanted to if you ever wanted to buy a mini, there's one being auctioned off and of course now that I'm looking for it I can't find it. So but it had to do it was a it was one of several celebrity cars that that were being auctioned off and and it was it was just something that was a, a little bit a little bit interesting and it was uh and some someday I guess I'll find it. I guess I'll, ne- I'll never see it right now. The other little bit of news is Ford is coming out with a dual FM antenna in some of their cars. And here it is. Madonna, Madonna's Mini Cooper is up for bid. Uh, on August 20th, uh, Historics of Brooklyn, a specialist classic and sports car auction house in the UK will auction off 130 lots of celebrity rides, rare classic cars, as well as classic motorcycles, modern supercars, and, and across a wide range of vehicles. And you can, uh, and why I get notified, even though it's in, you know, outside of the U.S., uh, Proxy Bid, which is the same uh, bid company that does Barrett Jackson and others, uh, they are going to have a Brooklyn summer classic car auction where you can uh, bid online. But one of the cars is a celebrity vehicle. It's a 2002 Mini Cooper. It was formerly owned by uh, Madonna, and they used it at their London residence. So I guess if you ever wanted a celebrity car, you know, that's one of them. There's also a pretty interesting uh, list of cars. 1958 Jaguar Coupe, um, a 2000 Nissan Skyline, which is a which became the Nissan GTR. That was a car that was everybody called the Godzilla car. Uh, so, uh, but you can check it all out if you go to Proxy Bid P R O X I B I D. You can find it, and you can uh, just look at different cars. Even if you have, sometimes I like to check out these sites, even though I have no interest at all of buying. They have some pretty interesting stuff to look at. So that's that's one of them, and uh, certainly you know worth taking a look at. Um, our friend Dan Strollo at uh, In Control, his September's course is a vehicle. Uh, his September uh, course schedule is up. Uh, if you want to send your kids or grandkids, uh, driveincontrol.org is where you can look at it, and uh, it's worth the money. If you want to, you know, you want to try to have your kids drive a little bit better 
or yourself for that matter. I think it's certainly worthwhile. Another uh, celebrity car that's coming up, you can get Prince William's uh, Royal Range Rover that was used to transport his son George home from the hospital where the child pastor safety people of the world were all upset because they didn't think he was using the right seat. But uh, that's another car. That's at CharityStars.com, and you can find out more information about that. Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll get to Gene. And if you would like to join us, phone number is 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. Sullivan Tire is proud to be New England's tire headquarters. And right now, during our sizzling summer tire sale, you'll save big on quality Yokohama tires. Yokohama tires, known for their impressive tread design, durability, and handling. Stop into your local Sullivan Tire now through August 18th and check out this amazing summer special. Buy three, get the fourth Yokohama tire absolutely free. That's right, buy any three Yokohama tires, the fourth one is yours free. Remember to stop in for our thorough factory scheduled maintenance check and let our ASC team of experts keep your car running right. We do it all. Brakes, batteries, mufflers, transmissions, engine diagnostics, oil changes, that all-important air conditioning service, and so much more. Head to any of our 68 locations right now and save big on a tremendous selection of Yokohama tires. Buy three, get the fourth Yokohama tire absolutely free. Offer ends August 18th. See SullivanTire.com. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal opportunity lender. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. WROL Boston. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Mustang Sally. 
and welcome back to the Card Arts Program. I saw an ad for something called the, uh, and it's from, uh, I don't know that how to, how to pronounce this because it's too easy. It's M-I-T-O. So I don't know if it's Mito Corporation, but it says Verizon AT&T network compatible models to turn your car into a 12-volt hotspot in your car. So you can connect up to 10 Wi-Fi enabled devices at one time. Uh, once installed, the hotspot will turn off and on with the key. I have something like this that I've been going to test out. It's, but it's also a data tracker, so you can see what your car is doing and whether it has check engine lights on and all. But it also has a, um, a Wi-Fi capability to it. And I tried to get the people, the people sent it to me, and I tried to get the folks back on the show to talk about it. And they never did. So I don't know what that really means. So I've never actually tried it out and tested it. But I still kind of, I guess with so many kids having connected devices, when you put three or four kids in your car to keep them quiet, they all have their iPads and tablets and I guess having a Wi-Fi system in your car, then at least you're, you're only using one data plan. So maybe it makes some sense. I don't know. Whatever happened to driving down the street and identifying license plates on cars? I saw an auction coming up for a Bricklin, and it sold for $13,200, and it says, um, absolutely the very best safety sports car ever produced. Uh, in uh, Canada, the Bricklin was aimed primarily at the U.S. market. The first car's in 1974, featured AMC 360 motors, while cars built in 75 and 76 uh, featured a 351 V8 Ford Windsor engine. Um, every once in a while, I still see one of these cars around. In fact, um, up near the Museum of Transportation Brookline, there's one that I think is a daily driver. Somebody just drives it on a regular routine basis. There was also an ad I saw. It said, uh, "It said, you know." things to have in your garage and it was a six ton oh i'm sorry a two ton aluminum racing floor jack and it says this thing's so good looking uh you can just leave it in the shop all day and let it gather compliments it can lift up the car in three and a half pumps um so 200 bucks i don't know how good looking a jack can really be but you know what do you think about buying a cheaper version of that and on the next page, there was a Harbor Freight ad, and it had a rapid pump. This one was a steel floor jack, so not as pretty, for less than half the price. And it could also lift up to three tons. And they have aluminum floor jacks as well. We bought some of the aluminum ones at work because they're just easy to carry. And they've actually held up pretty good. I've had the folks from Rock Auto on before with the idea that Rock Auto is a decent place to buy things. I've never had anybody from Harbor Freight on the program and talk about their tools. They're cheap tools, definitely. Somebody said to me, oh, they're one-use tools. I don't believe that. I think they're, they work till they don't. And I've talked to uh, a couple of owners of um, garages, and they buy some of the Harbor Freight breaker bars to leave in their trucks. And they said they've had really good luck with them. Hey, I've heard that Paul Sullivan's in the studio. Is that true? Paul? 
So it's not true. Check, check, check. Oh, there you are. Hey. Hey. What up? Um, you sound wanna, marvelous today, by the way. I was listening I, on the way in. I want to know when we're going to see you over at the ICC on the treetop <laughs> zip lines. <laughs> Yeah, if you hear the expression when pigs when pigs are on the zip line, <laughs> that'll, that'll be you, huh? <laughs> that'll yeah. be me. Yeah. And the other the, the other thing I noticed mm-hmm. was um, our buddy Seamus, I guess, was on on vacation recently. And, uh, and you mean I'm not John, the only one that gets to go on vacation? Yeah, and, around? And, That's good. and Johnny like Costello filled in for him for his shift and Seamus's shift. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if you filled in for me for like 90 minutes before you came in? <laughs> Yeah, here's what I know about cars. The show would go from uh, 90 minutes to 90 seconds. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Well, I guess I'll keep doing what I'm doing then. I'd have to call my friends like back in the old days when I couldn't get any callers. <laughs> well, there you go. That'd be fine. Yeah, yeah I, I bet I bet people would just want to talk to you. Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but I I do have probably, what do we need, like eight, ten? I, I could probably rustle up eight or ten callers, yeah. Eight or ten callers to yep. fill the time, yeah. I just have to give them pseudonyms, you know? Yeah. Or just have the same person call and just change change their voice. Here's Walt from Whitman. No, exactly. Uh, yeah, t- nobody would ever guess. Tim from Wakefield. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's never been used before. Henry from Hudson. Yeah, there you go. See, look, look Henry Hudson. Look, <laughs> look what you know. I know. And you could say, Henry, did you know there was a Hudson car once? Then <laughs> you could talk about that for a while. But see, I wouldn't have known that. I don't no, know. Well, well anyway. Hey, but you do, know, you do know all about Irish music, though. I've learned a lot, yeah. Yeah, and it's coming up now. Yeah, it is. It is. So uh, and and you so can you walk got... to the beach now that you're off. I can. Yeah. yeah. So what do you got planned? What do you got planned for the uh, next few hours? Uh, the best in Irish music. Try to replicate what we do here every weekend and have done every weekend since uh, the summer of 1967, the year of the impossible dream. Wow. The year Kevin White became mayor of Boston. Anything else? Uh, I was 12. I don't know. <laughs> So were well, you, though. I know that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, on that note. What? The very best. Of oh, Irish no, I music. had to tell you something. Oh, well, go ahead. Um, next Friday, I will be defending my doctoral thesis. And so the next time you see me, I'll either be the same old schlub or Dr. Sullivan. Well, I know. And we've been be waiting Dr. for that Sullivan. a long time. I, I know it's going to be Dr. Sullivan. We'll see. From your lips to God's ears. Hey, there you go. There you go. All right. So best of luck with that. Thanks. Uh, very best in Irish music coming up. Uh, thanks to Karen Flaherty for keeping everything together at her end. Karen did a and great it, job, by the way. Yep. Yep. Always. And until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. See you all next week. Bye-bye. Hey, it's on and it's raised the roof. Nice job.